from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. lucky everybody I just strong arm Jeff Cameron and Ira to hanging out with me uh, they kind of have to it's part of their job uh, but thanks for being here guys Jeff how are you I'm good I'm tired yeah <laughs> Ira how are you fantastic what a trip this has been yeah. so let's catch everybody up we got here on Monday we went and toured the stadium which Florida State's going to play in if you want to go to the game check out Seminoles2Ireland.com numeral two um, and then on Tuesday, did we go to Waterford on Tuesday? We went to Waterford on Tuesday, which I'm mm. like, why are they driving us two hours away from Dublin? And I, I think that was more real Ireland. Felt like it's more of like what this country's all about. It's more kind of closely aligned to the common man. It was amazing. Um, we got to see the coastal t side. I mean, Dublin's on the water too, but like we got to see the, the mm -hmm. sea. It was amazing. It was fantastic. A fishing community. Yeah. The um, rolling hills, the green pastures, the cows walking over bridges. Yeah. We did see cows walking over we bridges. Did. Wednesday, we went to what, the largest botanical or second largest botanical garden in the world? So, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the, I think it's the largest. 10,000 different types of plants. We're saying it's the largest. It's the largest. I our, believe it is the largest. She told right. us it was Sounds the largest. Sounds good. Sounds and I, believe it. I got to go to Epic, and I don't want to get. I want to get political on the show. I don't want to get political in a place like this. I don't want to get all biblical in a place like this. <laughs> as Mickey says, a Rocky inside of the chapel at the hospital as Adrian's clinging to life. Um, I'm I'm proud to like my my immigrant roots. You know, I think it's sure. cool that my parents moved like halfway across the world to like a country where they didn't speak the language and made it work and bought a house and put kids through college and stayed debt and crime free. Um, kind of wish I was Irish. Pretty cool <laughs> to go through the epic um, heritage. I mean, what the, the Irish Immigration uh, Museum. Um, Jeffrey, what you what you take away from Wednesday? What was the coolest thing for you? What was it oh, epic? Wow. I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything, but yeah, I thought epic was amazing. The uh, Congaree uh, Gardens that you were referencing were breathtakingly beautiful. But I concur. I think the Epic Museum was probably my favorite. First of all, it's really well done. Yes. And we got a behind the scenes taste of it, which was really amazing to see how it works. But, uh, you know, as their slogan goes, everybody's from somewhere, but they do a much better job of bringing that back home. Like this idea that, you know, listen, uh, most all of our ancestors, of course, were not from America. So you, you think about what it took for those people, especially during the Great Famine in Ireland, to get on boats and go across the Atlantic and back then, leaving Ireland likely meant you were never coming back to Ireland. So anybody you left behind, you were never going to see again. Uh, there was no internet. There was no phone service. There was no means by which to contact these folks that you were leaving behind for a better life or a hopes of a better life. So I don't know, it personalized, um, you know, the, the, the Irish-American story, if you will. 
Yeah, the uh, so the Epic Museum is it's it's what's interesting about it to me is it's it's the whole premise of it is we're we're telling the stories of people who left this country, mm. you know. So that seems opposite of what you normally see in a museum. Normally, in museums are like celebrations. They celebrate all the guys that transferred and left Florida State. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, doing a museum to the players who left Florida State and went to other schools. It's just that was strange to me that like, you know, you're you're telling these stories and they're they're kind of not really flattering for Ireland. You know, they're explaining that not everybody left because of the famine. Some people left because they wanted to be uh, entertainers. They wanted opportunities that weren't ex that didn't exist in Ireland. Or maybe there were things that weren't accepted in Ireland at the time and, sure. and they wanted to go pursue those goals. So it's not all flattering. I think that's that was the surprising thing to me is, you know, usually it's, uh, you feel like you go into a, a museum in a country that you assume it's going to be very pro that country and it was it was pretty i thought it was pretty honest well it's a wonderful thing facts you know just uh being able to talk about things honestly as they occurred and they do the food here has been pretty solid i'm trying to if you if you folks are a little bit hesitant on some of the things about Ireland, like maybe the food's not all that great what else am i gonna do besides watching a football game like, there's plenty to do <laughs> there's plenty to do food's been really solid too not a big seafood guy monkfish solid Monk oh, you went with the monkfish. Soul. Yeah, yeah. I got the sole, the, the the big giant fillet there, named after the rest or the the, the restaurant's named after the fish. Yeah. Also solid, and I love seafood. Yeah. And we grew. I grew up in Florida. So did you? Yes, I did. Ira, you know, kind of Baltimore, they, Miami's been in coastal. But towns. by the way, yeah, he's okay. he's been but on the water wherever he's been for the most part. I think their seafood was outstanding. Yeah, I just went with the basic fish and chips. But it was the same thing I got in uh, Dunmore East, which was also beautiful. Over the uh, fishing village we went to yesterday, strongly which, recommend Dunmore East. Yeah, really, the whole wa Waterford thing. Yeah. Aslan touched on it briefly earlier that waterford i think has been like this surprise it's been like this surprising upstart like it's spat upon for many years the apparently pin, it's the pinch hitter that came off the bench and hit the two-run homer mm -hmm. like we did not expect waterford to be what it was it was really cool and apparently it's made a big comeback and it's it's cool and um but yeah i had fish and chips there and i had fish and chips here because i'm gonna have fish and chips and i'm a little i'm a little scared of uh sometimes of the the grilled fish or the pan pan seared fish. I think when you come back in twenty twenty four, I want you to blossom out. But we'll see, we'll see. I think but it's but time I, to take the next step. But the fish and chips was uh, on point. It was delicious. As was the Guinness. Man, you've turned my whole life around. You guys, Jeff you Cameron, guys, everybody. Jeff Cameron, you guys have you. turned Jeff my whole Cameron life around. Lives. You know, you know, it's funny. Is Ira is uh, is is a really smart man, hardworking man, great husband, keep father, going, wonderful going, friend. Yeah, He's also really set in his ways, and he likes <laughs> certain things that are just going to be this way till death. And sometimes when he says something i think he just said that he doesn't even no, me. I, he doesn't even know that excuse me he just says it because he thinks he's supposed to no, say it he had an experience 25 years ago and, uh, and it's still going to be the same so it's uh, like uh, i didn't like watermelon when i was nine i'm going to hate it now it's true and so this is what happens with ira and then he goes oh and this is why it's another great personality trait of ira he was willing to admit he was wrong. Yeah. Guinness is delicious. I was wrong. It is and you drank good. like a champ tonight. I've enjoyed it, man. It's been nice. It's been Jeff nice. Cameron changing lives. Oh, I don't know about that, but convincing <laughs> him to try something, damn it. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Ira, have you, have you figured out what you're going to do to, to stay out of the doghouse when you do get back home? Like, mm. I, you're, I don't know like what I would do if I was married and my wife wanted to come and she was back home. I feel like I would just go radio silence. Mm. Just like, hey, babe, I'm alive. 
See you in a few days. All good. But Ira's like yeah. walking, I think he's walking Kim like <laughs> virtually through everything that's going on. Is that a good or a bad thing, No, Jeff? I'm not well, everybody's marriage is different. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I'm, I'm gathering information. I'm gathering photos. What, what Aslan's talking about is I'm taking a lot of photos. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, that's the least I can do. Have and not need. You couldn't come. But I've got these pictures on my phone. So let me show phone. you what you're missing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Look, another 25 cool things you didn't get to do. <laughs> Let's think this I'm is fantastic. Of the 50 coolest things yeah. you didn't get to do. You're never going to get to see them. You won't have time <laughs> no, when we come back. Will. But this next is fantastic. Year. No, that's the whole selling point is next right. year when we come back for the game, we're coming for the whole week. And I'm not going to work the whole time, guys. Okay. We're we'll going to go see, see we'll stuff. See about that. We're going to go see stuff. <laughs> How excited are you? Uh, as you guys are listening to this, Jeff and I are gonna we're gonna suck it up and we're gonna wake up early, and we're gonna go play golf at one of the top 100 courses in the world. Well, top 50, I think. Top, top, top 50, top 60, depending on where you look. Top, top 65, yeah, then on Golf yeah, Digest yeah, and Golf.com. That's correct. Yeah, I want to. I saw it as it. I saw it as high as 42 and Did as low you? as 68. Okay. So you know, you guys decide. It's a top 70 course. I don't want to go do it. Jeff's like, we got to go do it. What's crazy is you're a good good golfer. You're going to love it. You like playing the courses in town. I don't get it. I was going to say, I don't get this. The guy likes golf. And in the last 24 hours, I'm getting a sense that he hates golf. I I don't don't know where this is coming from. We're going to go play Lynx golf. You and I have never played Lynx golf anywhere. True, period. true Lynx golf. And it's seaside. Man. It's gonna be beautiful yeah. on a top sixty course in the how world. How many how many balls do you think your guys are gonna lose? Oh, fifteen apiece. <laughs> because Easily. we both, even if we play well, we're not good enough not to lose balls in the fescue. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I love the word fescue. Yeah, me too. I just kid, are you gonna take videos of him traipsing through the fescue? Oh, yeah. yeah, we're gonna have tracker on so, Jeff's high arcing cut shot. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I. It, so the, there, there was a course that I played with Tom, and they had what was kind of fescue-esque one time we were playing, and I lost three balls in the fescue, and the second goes in, you can't find it. it it's gone. Right, right. Because we don't have a gallery stomping yes. it down. Go, oh, it's right here, right? We got to look out for each other, by That's the way. Ca- I got you. Man. We're, uh, yeah, we're walking together. So you'll have to beep this last time. I'll make you beep anything. Um, I just yelled out to him one time, well, they f- you in the fescue and he goes that's a great album and i go you know what you're right let's call this album they you in the fescue and it's right. so true um so yeah anyhow we're gonna find that out in real time tomorrow buddy we're yeah. gonna find out the kind of problems i have in the fescue but that's gonna be great i know but my thing is i'd rather I, nine holes is enough and then i want uh, two hours to go as like, getting old around. everybody as getting old no, i, I want to shop I want to go look at the shops. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what are we I do doing? Think, I think it, 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 it's, out, all gonna determine, it's all going to be determined what happens after nine holes. Yeah, if you're playing well, you're, you're like, playing well, awesome. you're going to be like, this is I don't great. need to I'm go shopping. Leaving. Let's continue to golf on one of the great golf courses in the world. But if on the last two or three holes, you're, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're way over par and you've lost hey, a bunch Cameron, of balls, you, you might be back, thinking, hey, shopping. Jeff, uh, you stay here. I'm going to go to the cab. Fair enough. All right, uh, last thing as we go out, uh, EPIC also, again, which stands for Every Person is Connected. Um, we did the tour on Wednesday. It was amazing. Ira, you're going back on Thursday mm-hmm. morning to do the genealogy study. So they're going awesome. They're going to break down the maternal side, not the Schofel side of the family, but the, the maternal <laughs> side of the family. Um, are you anxious? Are you excited? Are you – I mean, do you have a pretty 
high confidence level that you're going to be able to figure out a lot of stuff that you didn't know before you showed up here. Yeah, so that Epic Museum. And what's that feeling like to know that you're going to maybe get some crazy answers? Well, yeah, it's cool. So we, you know, we have started since you know everybody's on the Ancestry.com and the 23andMe and all these sites. You know, we have some information, and so and I know my mom's family's from Ireland, and so uh, I'm excited to see. And I know, you know, the name, I know our family name is McGrath, and I know we're from the southern part of the, the country. And and uh, just talking at dinner tonight with some of the, the, the people that are hosting us, uh, you know, had some information that they shared from their experiences of that part of the country. And so I'm excited about it, but I'm also kind of like a little bit leery because I don't know, you know, you have no idea what you're going to find out. Like, I, I would love to find out that, yes, my great, great, great grandfather was, this great person or they're great, you know, they, that they did good things, but what if they didn't do good things? You know, I mean, I don't know. It's not your fault. I don't know. I know. But you know, it's like, it's like, uh, Oh, your ancestors were bad people. Yeah. Um, they probably were. Yeah. Everybody had to be bad back in the day. It was tough living. It was tough to get by. (laughs) If they survived, they were probably doing something wrong. Yeah. They killed somebody on the other farm. Um, so, and I don't think we're going to get that kind of detail, but it's going to be fun. Now I'm super excited, super excited. Cause my family didn't and i don't know how you guys were with your parents like i didn't i never asked a lot of questions about what it was like before you know when they were growing up i wish i had both Mm, my parents are past um so uh you know if your parents are alive people ask them the questions save the time you don't have to go to ireland to do (laughs) the research Oh, yeah, you should, should definitely go to Ireland and find out exactly <laughs> uh, where they're from. Yeah. So uh, no, I'm excited, and then uh, yeah, so they're going to actually sit me down at at the Epic Museum, which is incredible. I'm really intrigued to find out. What, really yeah. intrigued to find out a the process, how much they can find yeah, out, and what they can find out. I, I think it's going to be awesome. And so, don't assume your family is criminals. You don't so, <laughs> just just let's find out what happens. I know my people, Jeff. <laughs> uh, but no, I do think. Um, but yeah, so one of the things we'll you know, and again, like we've written a little bit, and we've put up some videos. From this trip but yeah over the next couple of months we're going to put up a lot more content and one of the things i'll write is what that process is like because people can do it they you know and again yeah, they can is, come here and do it they yeah. can go and sit down with a genealogist and and get uh a good idea of, of their history because a lot of Dublin, people i mean you're right here right it's 10 minutes from our hotel very much it's yeah it's right there in the kind of the tourist district i mean where a lot of the uh it's shopping cool, is yeah. and where i'm going to be where aslan's golfing all right, one kind of football-related question. What I, I haven't even asked you guys. What's what's the reaction been on Twitter to the photo of Jeff recreating the? I don't know the, the reaction. Yeah, we have, had fun with that. Have we read any comments yet? <laughs> so yeah, we've had some hilarious comments. I will tell you, one of the first reasons. I, I so once you post, well, people so, so explain so that what might the not photo follow is. everybody. All right, on all right. So Ira had a great idea. So we were walking through <laughs> the beautiful botanical garden in Waterford. Yeah, it's right. the Mount. Congreve? Uh, Congreve. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we were there, and it is massive. And it's along the river, and it's beautiful. And so as we were walking, meandering about as you do, we came up on several really big trees. And we were all kind of looking up, and it struck Ira in such a way that he remembered the ludicrous photo <laughs> of Jimbo Fisher staring and smiling for that piece down there in the Palm Beach Post. I think it was a bunch. It's my favorite it picture was. of yeah. all time. Yeah, it's and so it, it's this Jimbo in nature moment where he's what? pretending to... Like, what could be the premise of that uh, who, picture? I'm healthy and happy, who knows? But he was... <laughs> the, the picture, uh, everybody's seen the picture uh, in the piece, 
he's staring up at the trees as if to say, I really do appreciate nature and I'm in awe of the flora. And we were, we were laughing about that. Ira pointed it out. It was a great instant recall on his part. And then, so I was standing there and he goes, can you recreate the photo? So it started innocent enough. And then we were like, well, pull up the photo. Let's actually recreate the photo. And so if you go on Twitter, uh, I think you posted it or did yeah, Aslan post it? I think it? I posted it. So yeah. you posted it. It's, 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 Aslan was the artistic director. I didn't yeah, give him credit. Aslan for had it, the yeah. angle and the camera and everything else. And so I tried to get into character as best I could. <laughs> I puffed out my chest and I spread my feet just right and I gazed in awe at the tree oh, limbs. God's nature. Uh, in God's nature, right. And uh, we took the picture and it's posted. And people, some people got it. But I want to give Manny credit. Manny's a listener of all of the stuff that we yeah. do. And Manny... On Instagram, on my account, goes, dude, I saw this. And he knew instantly it was a lark. So he was like, this is too good. He's like, you and Jimbo are perfect. And so he got the joke. Yeah, he got I got the joke. And I, I think several a, people got the joke. I got a text from a friend of mine as well. Yeah, there were some good responses on Twitter. But uh, go, go I got look a text from a friend as well who uh, seemed to enjoy it. it was, <laughs> I, I laughed. That's good stuff. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey guys our partner is ag1 the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health i drink it quite literally every single day I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins, and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out, and I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, or Chat TV. Good to be with you. Uh, let's uh, move quickly to where we're headed next, which is 
to collaborate as we're wont to do with our friends at ISF. You guys have bore witness to our relationship with ISF and the collaborative efforts that uh, they have engaged in over the years with any number of other partners, state government uh, agencies and the like, and, and their efforts to help them and be more efficient, but uh, also uh, join us to, to kind of get you guys involved. Somebody asked a question in the chat. It was pretty straightforward. And uh, Tom and I were talking during the break that we thought it was a, a really good uh, way to utilize this, this space here. Uh, I can always tell you about things like feasibility studies, which I've done with ISF. Process innovation is a fun one to do as well. Compensation studies I go to often, Tom. You know, I do that. Uh, but uh, ISF does a really good job of providing, for example, thorough reviews of, uh, you know, so the reemployment assistance systems. And you know, I could bore you with some of that stuff. I could talk to you about how it is they help the citizens of Florida and how their work at ISF and the DEO was approved for more funding, modernize the state's unemployment systems and all that. Or I could just bring it back home and we could talk about solving for the future of FSU football. And that question that was posited was, is Jordan Travis a better quarterback than he was last season? And, of course, we'll know shortly, but the answer has to be a resounding yes. How could it not be? He didn't stop working. The difference between the guy who performed a year ago and the guy who will perform this year is that he is, A, unquestionably the man, who has also backed it up with a season of I won't say necessarily elite, elite play, but I think it was more than just plus play. He was a very good quarterback. And he beat you, if you're a defense, he beat you most days with his arm and his brain. He beat you pre-snap, and he beat you with the ability to put the ball on a receiver and to make the throw by taking what was given. This was the huge leap forward that he had to make to become not just an elite athlete playing quarterback, but a quarterback who happens to be an elite athlete. And Jordan Travis did those things a year ago. Now, you give him a bevy of receivers, tight ends, running backs, and a deep offensive line that can stand to lose a player or two and not take a huge step back. So you're going to run the ball more effectively. You're going to have more options with your tight ends and receivers. You have the confidence that you have to be oozing at this point because you had the season as described a year ago in which you took that massive step forward and became a top 10 quarterback in the country. You've got to know certainly that you're fully capable and you're unquestioned in a lot of ways. So Jordan Travis, one way or the other, has always had something to prove going into a season, whether or not he could be the starter, whether or not he could be consistent enough to play quarterback at an elite level, meaning as a passer, whether or not he could stay healthy. You know, all of these things were things that we thought about Jordan Travis in one way or another. Same for the coaching staff with Jordan Travis, right? There were all these questions. But he's gotten better and better and better. Uh, and so it is that uh, I can't – fathom a way that he's not a better quarterback this year than he was last yeah to take a look at the progression of his game Boston College debut he's a terror on the ground 
And, you know, I think we were all saying we were at a, an establishment in North Tallahassee that day saying, well, we couldn't find the field for this guy. We couldn't get him out there on the field doing something. And that was for Odell Hagens. Uh, from that point, he became a quarterback who was a nightmare in the zone read game, who could execute throws outside the numbers. We recall the performance up at North Carolina, which was nearly flawless, but he didn't throw a ton of passes in that game. No. If I'm not mistaken, it was maybe 11 or 15, something along those lines. Not a crazy amount because it was the threat of his legs that set up a whole lot of what we did as a, a rushing attack. And then the offense was more run heavy because we didn't have very many receivers. Then he turned into last year within three quarters of the LSU game saying, oh my gosh, doesn't matter what kind of blitz you bring to him. He knows where to go with the football. He's played the game of chess with his mind. They've always talked about his run check and how good he was there. He showed over the course of the season, he could be much more consistent up the seams, down the deep middle of the field and in between the seams at about six to 15 yards depth. If you needed to make a throw there, he was infinitely better. So what could he do more this year? Well, I think it's more of those run checks. I think that's one thing. Uh, the consistency to make a decision based upon down and distance could be a little bit better. We think about the fourth down, the missed throw, the missed read against Clemson. Remember that sequence at the end of the half where you have a sack fumble yeah, yeah, yeah. and then just a poor decision on fourth down. That poor decision also happened on the road at NC State with Micah Pittman in the back of the end zone. Didn't love that throw. You had somebody open underneath. Uh, the other thing is, his numbers could look a lot better because the receivers dropped the ball less. So they could help him too when it comes to efficiency because there were a ton of drops last year. It's just, there, there's no way to me that he can't be a more consistent player because the pieces around him are more consistent. And then the other thing I'll throw in there was we got to see every practice in spring. Yes, he made a poor decision in a throw to Kalen Deloach in the spring game, but I thought practice for practice throughout spring, it got boring how good he was and how good of decisions he made where he did not put the football in danger. Hardly ever happened. It's funny, the um, website at ISF, if you go and read um, kind of their mission statement, if you will, at the beginning, certainly it documents the projects that they've worked on for over 40 years across the country. It begins with your vision, and you want to do amazing things, and you have big visions and goals for the future, and you work hard to move, in this case, your agency forward, while navigating you know the unique challenges inherent in government operations. For a football coach and a football player and a football team, you also want to do amazing things. If you're a quarterback, you have to have big visions and dreams and goals for the future, and you have to work hard in order for those to come true, just like we're talking about here with ISF. But Jordan Travis has done that every step of the way, and he's never really seemed like a guy who would rest on his laurels. He seemed like a guy who wanted to get better all the time because I think Jordan Travis knows – that from where he came was a place of great doubt and uncertainty to now filled with confidence and huge opportunities. But for Jordan Travis to realize his real dream, I think, besides winning a national championship or whatever that might be, they're, they're all team goals. The only individual goal I would think he has is to do something that would certainly elevate his stock in the eyes of those drafting in the NFL. And in order to do that, He'll have to do what you just described, which is really have a greater consistency of performance and decision-making. But I see no reason why that wouldn't happen because of so many mismatches that get created in this offense and so many more players now able to take advantage of those opportunities. Jordan Travis can be ordinary in a lot of ways. And this is the fun thing about football is 
Patrick Mahomes, a special talent? Of course he is. I mean, we just there aren't too many Patrick Mahomes. But, of course, none of us are blind to the fact that he's got a loaded set of weapons. He's got arguably the greatest tight end in the history of the game that exploits matchups against safeties and linebackers better than anybody in the league. Nobody can cover the guy. He's always open. I yell at the TV every time I watch Kansas City. Why is Travis Kelsey open? The whole world knows he's getting the ball. And here we are in the AFC Championship game. He's got 10 catches by halftime. He wins every matchup. So that helps Patrick Mahomes. He's got good receivers, good running backs, and one of the great offensive coordinators of all time in the form of his head coach. So, you know, this is the ultimate team game, and now Jordan Travis has all of these weapons. You've got a Jaheim Bell. You've got a Kyle Morlock, a Biscuit, Marquiston Douglas, who's, you know, solid. You know what he's going to be, right? He's a good player. you got a deep line. you got a Trey Benson who you can feature. And guys behind him, if he doesn't have it that day, that can really exploit a defense. He's got 6-7-6-7-6-4 on the field at any given time. If you're talking about a Johnny Wilson and you're talking about a, a Morlock, if you wanted to put him out there, and then a Keon Coleman, or you know, you got those kind, you got Portier. That's a big receiver. Williamson's a big receiver. They've got guys. So if you're just ordinary and you make right decisions to get the ball to the guy with the best matchup and then let them make plays, Jameis Winston used to talk about this all the time. Now, we all knew Jameis was special. He was a special football mind. He was an elite talent. He was from the day he stepped foot on campus. But he also understood the simplicity of getting the ball to his playmakers and letting them make plays. The offense is designed to get those matchups, get the ball in their hands in space, and those guys are going to do special things. They're going to break tackles. They're going to make people miss. A 15-yard pass is going to turn into an 80-yard touchdown if you hit Rashad Green on the run. You know what I mean? Like You just knew you had to make the simple play and go the right place with the football. And I just see no way that that won't happen this year. That is the certainty that we feel great about coming into the season. There are other question marks. And no, this isn't 2013 Florida State, which had an NFL football player manning every single position uh, of the all 22, but it is an offense that has a chance and certainly was already very good a year ago. And I think now has a chance to be a top five offense in almost every meaningful statistic. Yeah, there's a chance that there are more NFL football players on the field than not this year on offense sure. at a given time. You know, that's, that's the crazy part. If you want to frame it that way, your two receivers, yes, yes, your tight end, your H back, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I think Marquiston as well would be. So if you want to go 20, uh, was that 21 personnel or 12? Uh, I always get it backwards with running back tight end. Mm -hmm. At any rate, Trey Benson, yes. I think two or three of the offensive linemen are going to be NFL football players, especially if Casey Roddick would win the center job. I think you could probably say three. Yes, Jordan's going to get drafted. And Jordan's going to get drafted. you got a ton of NFL talent that is going to be rolling out there week to week. It's just about that consistency. And again, he was boring in practice in spring. He was boring because he was making the correct decisions so consistently that the ball was hardly ever in trouble. Gives his guys a chance to make a play, sure, but he's very good at giving his guys a chance to make a play when the ball cannot come down in the opposition's hands. It's a one-on-one, -on -one, but it's only where Johnny can go get it in short. And Keon Coleman specializes in catching through contact. Like I can't wait to see that pairing get together <laughs> in practice and see how that looks in one-on-one -on -one situations as well. But it's just, that's all it's going to take from here on out. And the one thing I'll also say about his brain 
Kenny Dillingham at times would just straight up lie to you, I think. I think because he was so pissed off about the frustrations they were having. But he'd also tell the truth a whole lot as well. Alex Atkins, I feel like I can trust a hell of a lot more consistently. He just He's blunt. He tells you what it is. But both of those coaches have said that Jordan's ability in run checks, reading defensive fronts, understanding when to get them in and out of right plays and wrong plays is immense. And now that you can see, I mean, it was apparent to us in LSU because yeah, that was that was the biggest thing. They threw the kitchen sink at him. They did. So you got to see it on display. But he also had weapons to throw to. Johnny's open in a drag, or Micah Pittman's open, or now Pokey slotted as a three. So he's going to win a one-on-one matchup as a three that he never would have won as the featured receiver in the offense. So then you got to see Jordan's brain at work. That's the other thing. There are going to be so many one-on-one wide open or one-on-one matchups this year. He's not going to miss very many of those reads pre-snap. Yeah, it's uh, the answer to the question that we began with here at Solving for the Future is Jordan Travis is going to be a better quarterback this year than he was last. The answer is I don't see how he can't be. I just don't see how he can't be. He's done all the things you need to do. Uh, Tom, by the way, as for you, I, I think you asked two tight ends, one running back. That's 12 personnel, buddy. Yeah, that's I know it's 12. I, I'm dyslexic when it comes to that particular part of football <laughs> nomenclature. <laughs> I just want to answer it before we go to break. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. All right, buddy, get it ready. You know we got the opportunity now that Magic Johnson is back in the news. Yeah, we embrace every opportunity when Magic is in the news. Jesus, Magic. Did you see him crying? Did you see him weeping? You see him? I watched the whole presser because I couldn't. It wasn't even really a presser. He was just kind of gathered outside there, right? That's right. Yes, he just gathered the media. He said, "Hey, come on over here, guys. I know we're playing a game, but uh, talk to me." Yeah, he decided to uh, take it on down the road. Been a tough year. That's a pretty damn quick, uh, quick turnaround. Uh, an abrupt resignation from uh, Magic Johnson, who says, uh, "Not up for the task." You know, something tells me that a lot of people first guessed this, that it wasn't going to work out all that well. And it appears that it has not worked out all that well. I also think, just out of curiosity here, I imagine it could be true. I haven't watched First Take and the other similar programs. But my guess is, even if it is true, although I wouldn't know, that they're all going to blame LeBron for Magic's exodus here, right? I mean, isn't that the easy thing to do? Um, You have to pretty much blame LeBron so that you can scream at each other about why it is or is not LeBron's fault and then how it does or does not affect his legacy, and then that gets a full show. You can get two, three shows out of that. You're just looking at shows. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be steeped in reality. There doesn't have to be a nugget of truth. Remember, you got to have three shows where you can yell at each other about mm-hmm. something. seems to me that if you're going to make up something, you'd make up that it's LeBron's fault. Or, or if you, even if you think it's true, you would just say it because it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't know who got the script for that line today. But I imagine that somebody at least had to do it. Uh, I caught. I'm gonna guess. So I was. Uh, I flipped over to 403 today because it was Sports Center at the Masters, and uh, instead, first take it replaced it because uh, Stephen A. was gonna get the day off, but uh, because of this breaking news about Magic Johnson, he had that to come back into works the studio. Hard, though. There's no arguing that, man. No, Good no, Lord. no. I, I would never argue that. And knowing what we know behind the scenes, that guy, he, he gives everything to... To a fault, to where, yes. you know, I mean, you got him out here pontificating about people who have been retired for two years and right. the impact they're going to have on tomorrow's football game. But in terms of, like, 
doing the things that the company asks. Some people right. shirk it, and and uh, without going into names, some people shirk that stuff, mm. and some people embrace it, and they just are true pros. He's a pro about that. But anyway, I was I was trying to watch Sports Center at the Masters, and it was first take because of this breaking news. This uh, I mean, this just shocks the basketball world. Shock waves throughout the NBA. And it looked like their approach was to not say that it was LeBron's fault, but to walk you to the door and let you think for yourself that it's LeBron's fault. That seemed to be uh, the pattern there. Meanwhile, on on Get Up and and if you follow uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, because who doesn't? Uh, those people said that Magic just plainly was not up for the job and didn't want to do it anymore and quit, which sounds quite reasonable considering last night yeah. in the press conference, after about five minutes of stupidity, he says, I, I just want to you know, go back to being me. Which was always going to be the case, and that's why people first guessed it and said, what the hell are you guys doing? What What are you doing, Jeannie Buss? And what Wojnarowski said is he basically was anyway the entire time. <laughs> yeah. He said he really didn't show up to do much of scouting or no, anything. He really just didn't show up to do his job. Right. Imagine yes. that. Look, this surprises nobody. You you could be, you know, mildly tuned in. Um they they the Lakers finished the season 37 and, and 45 went 35 and 47 last year. Uh it should be noted the Lakers haven't been in the playoffs since 2013. They're irrelevant. It's 2019. We've been waiting on the Lakers to make it to the playoffs for uh, more than half a decade. Well, old Bronski makes them relevant until they flame out, which they did. LeBron himself is relevant. The historical backdrop of the Los Angeles Lakers is relevant. You marry the two, they're going to capture cameras and, and, and talking points. But in terms of their influence currently on the league, it's nil. They're just another, you know, they're a speed bump on a given Tuesday night for somebody who's actually decent. Somebody with far less cachet, somebody with far less uh, historical significance, but somebody who's infinitely better, which is almost all of the teams in the West. Good news is I'm sure Magic Johnson will be on the desk for NBA Finals coverage this year. Great news. He'll break it down for us. Tell me again, Magic Johnson, why are we here? The Lakers are supposed to win this thing. Oh, yes, I remember. Do you see that map? Magic Johnson. No. Let us talk together now, as men. Well, Magic Johnson, talk. The Lakers embarrass themselves, the organization, and the Laker fans. Ah, oh, yes. Now embrace me as my son. <laughs> it never ceases to at least amuse me and make me chuckle. The Lakers embarrass themselves. The Lakers organization, the Los Angeles Lakers franchise. So, so, so is uh, is my favorite. Also, I do laugh it because of filthy freaking rich somehow. Movie theaters. But I, uh, I continue to crack up um, because I can remember when we recorded it and me trying to be Richard Harris's <laughs> Magic Johnson. Which is, uh, yes, it's supposed to be uh, Dr. Buss talking to magic towards the end and empowering him to save the franchise that that was the premise magic johnson tell me again magic johnson <laughs> I got why it. That are we it. here <laughs> it hasn't changed that much magic johnson tell me again magic johnson pretty close pretty close the guy that will go unnoticed in all of this the story that won't be told nay nay is that the Lakers also decided to part ways with athletic trainer Marco Nunez. 
Oh, yes. Marco Nunez has been told. Marco's to blame. He's, he's been told to have a good day as well. Now, I, too, thought that was funny when I read this story. I typically am odd when I read these things looking for the little sidebar stories. Like, like, oh. Jack Nicholson's like, they did it. They fired Marco. Marco. I've been screaming for years. Marco Nunez has to go. You see, this wouldn't have happened if Nunez was gone. So Marco Nunez got fired, but I, I did laugh at this because I was wondering, well, all right, you know, they're frustrated, and obviously Magic decides to step away, and we can all point fingers about who's to blame, but they haven't been very good for a long time. Um, but there is this. Nunez joined the Lakers as an assistant trainer during the 2008 season and ascended to the head, head position in 2016. Uh, he took over for a longtime trainer in L.A., Tom. These insiders report that uh, Gary Vitti was very well uh, adored. Uh, Vitti got shown the door to make way for Marco Nunez as the head trainer starting in 2008. Hold on. There's more. Here's where you go. Obviously, this has uh, presided over the most difficult period in the franchise's history, so everybody may lose their job at some point. But prior to the final game of the season, Laker players had missed 212 games due to injury this year, which was um, top 10 most in the league, according to Sport Track. So at that point, the writing on the wall from Marco Nunez, Tom, I could have told you because we like to debate behind closed doors which trainers are responsible for a team's meteoric rise or fall. So Mark uh, Nunez here. Marco. Marco, excuse me. Marco He doesn't Nunez. like Mark. Sorry, forgive me. Uh, he joins Ray Ramirez as disgraced trainers to uh, preside over more man games missed to injury yeah. than anybody else in his sport. Ray Ramirez, Marco Nunez, a pair made in heaven. The Mets can rehire them both right now and say, all right, we so got our guys. I recommend this viewing uh, to the listeners. Uh, it's, a, it's a YouTube clip of this press conference last night. It's from Lakers Nation. You have to specifically get the Lakers Nation uh broadcast of this press conference because it's from a certain angle. I don't want to call this man standing next to Magic Johnson a short guy because he could be probably 6'2". Yeah, because Magic is 6'9". Right. Yes. But the, clearly <laughs> this man is surprised. He's got like intent eyes and he's just got his recorder in, in the way. And then when he says I'm going to step down, his eyes turn to like... Is he weepy? He, he's just in shock. Well, that's in the thing. total shock. He's like, what? Celtics and Laker fans are similar in this regard. They are all in. I mean, they love their franchise. They love their team more than most. The only team that comes close to it is the Knicks, and the sorry-ass Knicks haven't done anything since the 70s. So you got, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Since the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> they'll get you an Eastern Conference though every 30-odd oh, uh, years. There, yeah, every now and again, they'll get there. Or they'll excite you for a moment by, you know, correctly drafting somebody nobody's heard of, only to get rid of them. Did you hear Ramona Shelburne on Get Up Today? No. She said three separate people called her crying. People that worked inside the Lakers organization. People. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Nobody cares about the Lakers. They have it in six years. In terms of being a threat in the league, they've been obsolete. They they gained significance because LeBron chose to go there. The second Magic said he was going, people went, oh, no, it's more of the same. This guy's an idiot. Well, the second part is somebody asked him point blank, did you tell Jeannie Buss? He goes, no, no, no I haven't told her. No. <laughs> Sorry. Did you hear why his, his reasoning? What well, he did, he did give himself an out because it would seem strange not to tell Jeannie Buss that she were quitting. Um, but he said he didn't do that because I mean, you do usually tell the owner that you're leaving your post, right? But the reason that he did that is he said he knew that she would 
convince him to come back. He told that to Rachel Nichols, but when he was explaining himself in this eight-minute impromptu press conference in the hallway... Where he cried. He, he did not say that. Like, he, he was trying to find a way. Well, somebody well, called she's him, like a sister to me. Yeah, and, no, somebody you know. called him immediately and said, dude, it's not a good look. It's A, you're quitting after one year when everybody questioned your work ethic to begin with, and B, you didn't tell the owner that you were quitting. You allegedly just met with her on Saturday. What well, the hell are we doing here? It's a classic press conference because they ask him, why'd you quit? And he says uh, something to the effect of, well, you know, like Russell Westbrook is doing these great things, and it's Dwayne Wade's last night, and I can't even tweet him because it's tampering. <laughs> it's like, What? Tell me again, Magic Johnson, why are we here? The Lakers are supposed to win this thing. Oh, yes, I remember. Do you see that map, Magic Johnson? No. Let us talk together now, as men. Well, Magic Johnson, talk. The Lakers embarrass themselves the organization, and the Laker fans. Oh, yes. Now embrace me as my son. At Jay Cameron Show, going to need a longer happy hour to drive out of the depression after this show. Uh, have we ever seen a zone defense? Uh, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I figured during the height of the ineptitude that was taking place, um, there would be some frustrating tweets and emails that we'd be getting. Yeah, and it happened. Yeah, it, it definitely happened. You know what? Just do this. This will make you feel better. You're not Jimbo Fisher on a freaking horse because the boosters that are paying your salary tell you to giddy up and you have to be a judge in some stupid-ass rodeo contest and look like a clown. There you go. You got that going for you. Hammer right after the game. (laughs) Hey, Jimbo. Jimbo, it's Steve. Listen. You know how when I came in your office unannounced last week, because I'm a big-time donor and I can do that? Yeah. Well, I forgot to tell you, you're going to be getting on a horse. Yeah, that's right, a horse. That stuff's garbage. No, we like it. We like it. We love it, in fact. We want you on the horse, and if we can get revelry on there with you, you're going to do it, and you're going to smile. I can do this. You got no choice. Just thought you should know. Thank you very much. Now you get on that horse and look comfortable. For God's sakes, there's a lot of horse riders that went to Texas A&M. We ride with pride. Thank you very much. We don't want to look like a freaking Yankee that's never been on a horse before, falling all over the place, uncomfortable. Revelry can ride the horse. And so I'm damn sure going to tell you now, our football coach can ride the horse, which is what you're going to be doing come next Wednesday as a judge in a rodeo. We do lots of rodeos. We round up our friends, and we ride the horses, and we celebrate horses and our horse culture and uh, that and oil. So 
I'll see you there bright and early. If you want to practice, I've got a horse. So does every one of those guys that walk into your office unannounced just to shoot the breeze on a random Monday. I know how much you enjoy that, Jimbo. Get used to it. It never ends, and it never will. It never will. We're Texas A&M. Not you. We are Texas A&M. Oh, do you have a hat? A cowboy hat, a real cowboy hat. I'm talking about a 10-gallon bucket. Don't forget the gigaboots. boots. The ones from the press conference. Mandatory. You already know that. We've had this conversation. I shouldn't have to remind you, but two times in a row for various meetings, you've shown up without the boots. And I don't understand it. Are you not being paid well enough to get you a nice, shiny pair of gigging boots? Because I got extras. What size are you, Jimbo? You're a little guy. Me too. That's why I have a horse and a big one at that. And a gun. And boots. Need them to make up for how little I am. So they may fit you. That's what I'm telling you right now. They could fit you. You can slide those puppies on and we'll be gigging them together. On a horse. Which is what you'll be doing come Wednesday. Smile, damn it. Hammer right after the game. 